This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day, and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 65, recorded on the 26th of February, 2014. Today's topic is treating your staff right. If you would like easy, automatic, and free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. Search for Camp Hacker. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash camphacker. And by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, camp pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog about running a great summer camp at camphacker.tv. And my name is Gabrielle Rell, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Boro. Uh, camp Boro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentians, Quebec, with a linguistic program. And I'm chatting with you uh, from Montreal. And my name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, where a Summer Camp and Retreat Facility, a part of the United Church of Canada's Camping Network, and we're located in Fingal, Ontario, halfway between Detroit and Toronto. Hey, my name is Topher Adderhold. I'm the Assistant Director at Camp Gray. We are a overnight Catholic camp uh, in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. My name is Joel Van Egbert. I am the one of the directors at Kennebec Camps, home of the Maine Golf and Tennis Academy in Belgrade, Maine, and I am chatting to you from... Beautiful Frisco, Colorado. Amazing. Welcome to both of you. I'm going to come back and ask you both a, a bit of a couple questions just to get the audience started with you. But I wanted to say um, one thing before we get going. This podcast, we've had a number of problems with the feed of it, and I'm, I'm always so grateful that people struggle to find us and get set back up again and downloading automatically. Uh, one of the things that help us spread the word to camp pros around the world is reviews on iTunes. And because of the problems, we've lost all the old reviews. So if you would mind, uh, it'd be so grateful, it'd be so helpful to us, and I think it would take just a couple minutes, go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, and that'll pop up your the, the podcast in iTunes, and you can click on the rating and review section there. Leave us a review. Incredibly helpful to us. Um, one of the best free things that you could do for us is, is leave us a review there. That'll help us get seen by more camp pros. So that's at camphacker.tv slash iTunes. So Joel, you were kind enough to suggest this topic today, and we'll get into that in just a minute, but I, I do want to come back to you. So you're at the Kennebec Camps now? Yes, sir. Right on. Uh, and how did you get started in camp originally? Would you go as a kid? Uh, it's kind of a funny story. Actually, I, I went to camp as a kid, and I did not like it at all. <laughs> I actually was not a big fan of summer camp. And uh, my dad was very... Uh, uh, persuasive and supportive, and we did a lot of father-son programs. I eventually went to residential camp, and, and like I said, I did not like it at all. And I like to tell people that I, uh, I was homesick, and I broke my glasses, so I was sad and blind the whole time. <laughs> and uh, 
Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, weird turn of events. I was a lifeguard, and my dad said, hey, there's this camp. They're looking for counselors. Male, male counselors in May, just like a lot of camps are. You should give it a shot. And that was 15 years ago. And so I'm still at it. And, you know, I think just generally I try to create a camp experience that I would have liked as a child. And so I, I like to say that I, I'm self, selfish, but selfless. So I'm selfish, I guess, at the same time. <laughs> so um, it works out. It's, it's, it's definitely my dream job for sure. That's awesome. So what's all involved in your role there? Um, it, you know, it's uh, at Kennebec Camps, it's a 107-year-old camp. It's one of the oldest camps in, in Maine. And um, they're trying to bring back a lot of the old traditions. And, uh, and that's a lot of my job right now is working with the alumni, working with parents, recruiting kids. And then right now, just like a lot of people, is hiring staff. Right on. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm a huge fan. It's a big deal for me. Right on. That's great. And Topher, it's good to have you on the show, too. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, Topher and I met at Mid-States, I think, the first time, and then saw each other again in the fall. So I'm, I'm glad to, keep, to stay connected. Topher, what's your camp story? Uh, so I actually, I never went to camp. I went to sports camps as a kid, but not any type of traditional camp. Um, and my senior year in college, I have a degree in marketing. Uh, all my buddies were finding jobs in the real world. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go work at a summer camp for one summer. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Oklahoma, and this camp I found is in Wisconsin. And for some reason, Wisconsin seemed really exotic to me. <laughs> so I came up for one summer, and uh, I just fell in love with camping. And shortly thereafter, a full-time position opened up, the position I'm in now. And um, this will be my ninth summer this coming, this coming summer. Well, it's fantastic. Camp Gray is lucky to have you. Yeah, thank you. What um, what's what all is involved in your role? So during the school year, a lot of it is the marketing of camp. So um, just trying to yeah be creative and getting the word out with our website, but then Facebook, Twitter, videos, anything I can do to keep kids connected every single day of the school year. Uh, and then during the summer, it's really to help lead the summer camp program. It's a traditional camp, like I said before, it's a Catholic camp, but we do canoeing, horseback riding, all that traditional camp fun. Right. Right on. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, Joel, you had, to, had reached out to me and suggested this might be a fun topic. And it's something that we've sort of covered before in little bits and pieces. Pardon me, but I think it's totally worth spending some direct time on it. We're going to be talking today about treating counselors right. And uh, was there a reason something happened that made you think we should address this head on? Joel? No, I just think that the counselor experience is... Can you hear me, sir? We can, yes. Hello, hello? Yep. Can you see me? Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that keeps happening. Sorry about that. Um, no, there was no, there's no catalyst for like, gosh, I want people to treat counselors, right? You know, I just think in my experience that the counselor experience is um, as powerful as the camper experience. And um, I think that they leave camp wanting to go out and do incredible things for society and their communities just like our kids do. So I think um, philosophically it's important to give them an experience of their own in addition to the experience that they're giving the, the campers. Yeah, right on. And... Uh, what are you doing in the Kennebec camps to make it special for your counselors? Give me a top, your, your, your favorite thing about that you're doing. I 
first time they, whether that's this. And so I just, I want to try to embody what I think their experience will be like, which is fun, wholesome, supportive, incredible, you know. Um, and, and I think around 10 years into my career, my transition, my, my shift changed from focus on the kids as much to focus on the counselors. And uh, I think generally speaking, if I can give the counselors the best summer of their lives, then I know they're going to give the kids the best summer of their lives. So I just want to get them excited to come out and come to summer camp. Right on. That's great. Gab, I know that um, the counselor experience is really important at Waro. Is there, why is that so? Um, I think very much like what Joel is saying is that uh, we don't only have an opportunity to positively impact our campers, but we have the opportunity to, to do the same for our staff members. And it's, it's uh, you know, simply common sense also that um, when they're feeling inspired, then the work that they do with the, with the campers um, is inspirational. So, I mean, obviously it, it comes back uh, onto us. But um, but basically, uh, I think we have a responsibility uh, with our staff members to uh, give them a, an experience where they are growing as an individual. Um, they are going out into the world and they are going to have an impact um, on our society and I want them to have the best tools and also judgment uh, to do that and whether you're a religiously affiliated camp or not um, you know we are all stewards of of this world that we we walk on and so you want to treat uh, these staff members as best as you can and and challenge them as best as you can so that uh, you know they're, they're gonna be not to get too philosophical but you know make a difference uh, in whatever field they choose, and as well as at home, so it, staff are very, very important to us because we want them to um, to be good, you know, good citizens, basically. Right. Yeah. Right on. And and Joe Richards, how how is it at Pierce Williams? What's your thinking at Pierce Williams about the the counselor experience? Our thinking at Pierce Williams is really about the the idea that we want staff to leave as better people, right? It's this concept that we are focused on campers first and, and that is the goal and, and all the staff understand and need to understand that. But if we can have these counselors leave as better people and, and, and do great things in society and encourage them to do, to make change, um, then we've done a double duty, right? It's like this little bonus thing that we get to do, you know, show campers the most amazing summer camp experience of their lives, check, make sure the staff have a, a great experience and leave wanting to do good in the world. And, and for us, it's, it's really a huge component of what we do. Um, and some staff, a lot of staff get it and understand it. And, and some staff, when they fail to understand it, don't spend a lot more time at camp. Yep. Yeah. And Topher, is there, do you at Camp Gray uh, have a, a philosophy about what your camp should get, your staff should get out of the summer? Very similar to what the rest of y'all are saying. Um, we, yeah, I think it was Joel that was saying, and I couldn't agree more, that we, if they have a great experience, if our staff is having the best sum of their life, then it's going to be really difficult, I think, for those kids not to also have the best sum of their life. So a lot of, when we're planning our schedule, our evening programs, we think about, are the staff going to be excited about this? We do nine one-week sessions. Right. So sometimes it's the same thing over and over. But if they're getting excited every single week, 
And those kids, there's no way they're not going to love every minute of it. Um, and hopefully through that excitement and that fun and the leadership that they learn, yeah, they do head off into the world. Better leaders, better people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know people always thought it was funny when I was directing that I said I didn't work with kids because I never thought that that was my job to work with kids. Uh, that I always said the same, that my job is to make sure that my staff are comfortable learning and developing and having a good summer that they will pass on. Um, and, you know, so it's a big part of it. A big part of what the job is as a camp director, and I think it's important that we highlight it and, and focus on it. And there are a number of things that, um, that we did as directors to make sure that their experience that they grew as part of their experience. So one of the things, and, and Tover, you mentioned this, and I know I'm, I know you're not saying you're repeating exactly the same program every week, but there are things that come up, like capture the flag, that come up every week that that could get really boring for some staff members. Um, but we set out from the beginning and said each week we'll have a different theme, and if the game, if a game is the same or two games are the same, we're going to modify it in some way to make it interesting for the kids and so that the staff have that new energy to bring into something. But I think what they take home at the end of the summer is really important. What are the sort of things, Topher, that you you want them to take home at the end of the summer? What changes do you want to see in your staff? What I love about camp is, like I said before, I um, I didn't go to camp as a kid, uh, these types of camps anyways. And so um, when I started working at camp, I thought, well, this is for the kids. This is to help them grow and learn. And, and it certainly is. Um, but I've been able to see in myself how much I've grown and in a, as being a leader in, in a lot of ways. And so, um, yeah, I guess I don't have any like yeah. definite points but but that's really the big thing is that every single person that comes to camp staff camper whoever when they leave we want them to be better people um and maybe that sounds a little little broad or or whatever but um yeah i guess in a nutshell just to leave being better leaders better people right i think that's just part of being a camp director i don't think it's too broad i meaning meaning i don't think it's too broad meaning i think that that's really the heart of what we do yeah uh, is camp people and really when i i like to talk to our our new administrative staff each summer. When I was a counselor, I loved being with the kids. And then when I got this full-time position, it was really difficult that first couple, those first couple summers. Yeah. I'm not not with the kids as much. Um, but like you guys are saying, it became, well, the staff now are my kids. And how can I show them a great time? Um, and yeah, how can I love on them and, and do everything I can so they do that great job as well? Yeah. yeah. Of the the others of you, is there something that you concretely say we want our staff to go home changed in some way? I think change is it's hard to describe for a person, and I try. You know, sometimes at conferences or you'll you'll hear camp professionals say what they think staff need, and I try to go away from that line of thinking because, well, you know, I'm I'm only thirty three years old, so I'm not too far off of of the age range of some of my staff. So I don't want to assume I know what they need. Um, But what I want to do is create an environment that is ripe for growth, whatever that growth may be. If that's growth for the kids, if that's growth for the staff, if that's growth for me, (laughs) which I always like, you know, um, that's incredible. And so I love when you see, I mean, counselors that leave camp wanting to work in a kitchen because they enjoyed the kitchen at camp or counselors that leave camp and they want to be a paramedic because they were a lifeguard at camp. And I I think as long as you've got the pillars 
the cultural fundamentals of growth and success and, and a little bit of challenge. I think that's maybe a lot of challenge for the staff. I think that's important. I think that's the miracle grow, um, the special ingredient, you know. I think uh, that's the profound thing about my job is talking to staff one, five, ten years after they've done their job and yeah. hearing what they've moved on to do. And, and nine out of ten cases, and you guys know this, it's, a lot of it's attributed to their summer camp experience. So it makes me very proud. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And, and Gab, what do you want your stuff? One of the things, Travis, go, is go, that Joe. we build on we build on this we build on this sense of that that not only do we want them to leave us better people and and that is broad, but but we need to leave it broad. It's the same sense as we're not going to change the life of every camper who comes to camp. And and it, there's lots of I I have friends who are motivational speakers and and one of the things that's you know some of them have said in the past is I want to change the life of every kid who sits in this school assembly when I talk. And I'm thinking to myself, good luck. And if you believe you did, then you're just fooling yourself. But at, at camp, you know, it's the small changes you see in staff, and it's the it's the small things. One of the one of the great things is um, is hearing staff stories. And and part of uh, what what we have done in the past few years, as we we're doing a capital campaign, is get our previous staff to tell us why why was camp so important, and and they'll actually write it out for us so that we can use it for. Uh, you know, for reports and and for other things and the website. And the great thing to see is how much camp has impacted their lives and what things we did as as camp directors to to help facilitate that that change. And and a lot of times I won't take credit for that change. Camp is camp. You know, camp is camp is there and, and camp is going to happen and um and the change will happen with with or without me is is part of my sense because I've put a system into place where all of my values that I that all the things I found important when I was a counselor I now try to pass on to these counselors right the the feeling the the interactions the um, uh, everything and and some of my counselors don't talk to me in the first year um, because they're so intimidated, and it's funny because the older counselors are like, "What are you intimidated by?" You know, and and but I just let it play out because that's part of their experience, and and part of them growing is the first time they come to me, and ask me something totally uncamp related, means that they've broken through something in themselves to be like, "I can ask this of Joe, and and he'll have an answer," and 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 they've lost the fear of of being able to talk to me. And I know that sounds like I'm not an approachable guy, but uh, maybe sometimes I'm not. <laughs> Gab, for you? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you want to keep it broad. Uh, all of the, I think basically our goal is that we want our counselors to, to feel successful at the end of the summer as well as challenged. And that's the basic goal that we have for every staff member. And there are certain things that we set up, you know, at the very beginning so that people feel safe to be themselves, speak their mind. Um, as Joe was saying, you know, setting up systems so, so that people – not that there's just an open door policy, but that there's actually, you can visibly see uh, communication happening. Um, on another note, though, you want to also, we also discuss with our staff members with those two simple things as a goal for the end of the summer, what's going to make you feel challenged and, and what does it look like when you, when you feel successful. And um, especially for returning staff members that might be going into a, the same job, how can we? How can this become a challenge 
what are certain things that you can do behind the scenes? What are certain things that we can contribute to so that they're growing as an individual? And then for for either new staff members or staff members taking on a new position, let's make sure they're not overwhelmed. Um, successful means you're not completely overwhelmed and burnt out by the end of the summer, and that's not what we want. So what are certain things we need to do? What do we have to do to prepare you? What, what are your preparations? So sort of the, the fundamental stuff uh, to get ready for, for a job just adds to your self-confidence, but also making sure that um, you're aware that you have the control in in the challenge that you're going to set for yourself and that we're there to support you with that. Yeah. Right on. One of the camp directors in one of my mastermind groups um, said something this smart that was really weak, really, this week that was really smart. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's Chantal Jackson, who's been on a co-host before. What she's doing at Cairn this year is... Um, at this point in the hiring, like before you sign a contract, I want some. I want you to write down what you want to get out of this summer and what what your own personal growth will be, um, because she then is going to have that available that she can check in with that person, so that she's making sure that um, their goal is. Um, and I think the thing we need to get out of the way is I th no one's saying that the staff should put themselves first. Everyone's saying kids first, um, but that there needs to be some some growth and development of the staff as well. And so that's her thing is she's going to check in with them and have some accountability that she will talk to them about what they are getting out of the summer. Yeah, I, th <clears throat> I think that's extremely important. You know, multiple, as, as much as possible, one-on-one -on -one check-ins with the staff. Um, I try to do three. I try to do one at the end of staff training. And I always call that one the, are you sure this is still what you want to do? Yes. You know, kind of chat. <clears throat> and it's a chance for them to kind of de-stress. Like, gosh, you know, I need to spend more time reading this section of the staff manual or, you know, I need to look at this again. A lot of my programs involve education, which um, it, it, it's nerve-wracking for, you know, a 21-year-old counselor to come in, create a lesson plan, go out into the wilderness and, and kids have a good time and come back safely and things like that. So that's generally what they're nervous about at that time. The midsummer evaluation is more feedback from me. And I usually, I like to break it into three categories. This is what you're doing well. This is what you're... Uh, you need to change, and this is what you need to stop. And um, that keeps it really streamlined. At that point, if I'm not excited for my least exciting midsummer evaluation, then I feel like I've done something wrong. Then I, ha I don't like to give people surprises and evaluations and things along those lines. So, and then the final evaluation is really the, the start of trying to get them to come back if I want them to come back. Um, it's the high five. It's the good job. It's the what do we need to do to get you to come back next summer? Um, and and I've, a lot of feedback from staff has said that they really appreciate it. And there's lots of informal, you know, one-on-ones. Maybe they connect with the, the groundskeeper, and that's the person that they decide to divulge all their secrets to. That's fine, as long as they have somebody to talk to. Yeah. Uh, Topher, do you do... <laughs> Like outside of staff training, are there more things that you offer at Camp Gray for staff development? Um, yeah, one thing I think this would fall under staff development is um, so we, we have a staff of about 50. And so during the first day of staff training, we break that group of 50 into five groups of 10. And every day at the end of the day, those groups get together and they're led by somebody on our administrative team. Um, and they kind of process the day, talk about any struggles or issues they might have, 
talk about the highlights, all those things, really kind of just hang out together, have friends in a kind of a smaller group. And then throughout the summer, each morning, Monday through Friday, um, from 7.30 until the end of breakfast, which is, um, what time is that, 9.15, so almost two hours, um, those folks' cabin groups are covered by their co-counselors or other, other staffers, and those groups get to continue meeting together once a week. Um, just to uh, have that time to be with a small group that you've gotten to know really well, and sometimes it's just hanging out and eating breakfast. Sometimes, though, the, the administrative uh, leader will bring some type of discussion or topic. Um, so, yeah, just a way to continue growing uh, and processing all throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, That is awesome. That is awesome. We do something, uh, not to jump. Go, sorry, please, jump go. Um, <clears throat> we do something called similar to that. So I, I love the groups and diversifying the groups, but they still have their like core group. You know, they're like the group therapy group, the ones that they can talk to about anything. Yeah. Um, and then I try to go a step further, and we created a program called the Companion Program, um, where we assign senior staff or returning staff to new staff. Um, or sometimes you'll have someone that's hired in as, uh, that has a lot of experience. So we pair them up, and at the end of staff training, they get a chance to kind of ask questions in a more intimate setting than in front of 50 people where there's a lot of pressure and things like that. Um, but the cool thing about that is that companionship lasts, in some cases, way after the summer. Um, and I always assign myself to one as well because, you know, again, selfish, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, still, I still keep in touch with all my companions, and I, it's a really cool program, and um, it's especially good when <clears throat> you have staff that, and sometimes we have to make exceptions, staff might miss a day or two of staff training. It's really good to have those folks come in and pair them up with a really warm, knowledgeable type person. Um, tends to break the ice significantly. Yeah. Cool. Gab, did you have any way or any sort of mentoring built into the Waro system? Yeah. Um, so what we have, this is mostly reserved for staff members that have, um, they're doing their job for the second or third year. And so that's where it plays into the challenge part that I was talking about earlier on. Um, so the first year I expect staff members to be learning their job and doing it well, because um, hopefully we prepared them well for it. So they, they're learning it and they're, they're doing it well. The second year and third year, if they stay in that position or a similar position, um, now they can make changes, adapt, adapt the program a little bit based on their experience. But then also what I expect from them is to do uh, mentorship. And so mentorship is, is unofficial. They, they tell me who they want to mentor and um, tell me why and what, what they want to do and how they want to do that. But they don't tell the staff member about that mentorship program. And the reason why is we don't want to put pressure on younger staff member to become the next uh, program coordinator, next head of kayaking. Um, but we do want them to learn how things are done behind the scenes, and that's applicable to any position on camp, or if they go somewhere else, it's applicable. And, um, and this way it gives those staff members that are doing their job really well a little bit more uh, responsibility, responsibility, especially for the, the person that's mentoring and and the person that's getting the mentorship. So it's it's unofficial. It doesn't add pressure to those staff members, and um, and it's it works really really well. It's a it's a very cool program. They just have to talk to me about it. I initially start that conversation and say start thinking of a couple of people, and then um, they they just tell me how how things are going. I, I really it's a it's a very fun program. 
And then people find out about it years later and they're like, what? That's why I learned how to do lists. What? You know? <laughs> like, that's I right. think that's an amazing program. Thanks. Yeah. I think that, how about you, Joe? I think that is, well, we, growing up at camp, um, having gone to camp as a kid, as opposed to some of us here, um, um, we had lots of things that that happened when I was a young staff member. We always did. Um, we I grew up in a Christian camp at a United Church camp, and we always did prayer pals. So we would have a staff meeting every morning, and literally some weeks, some years, prayer pals were like you got them on Sunday when you arrived, and that's the person who you literally just spent two or three minutes with after the staff meeting. You can pray for each other, or you can just chat with each other. Um, and then you go off for your day. So it's a great way to start your day. Other times it was literally the staff lining up in a big line and then folding in half. And that's who you would pray with for that day. Um, so something like that really helped me as a young staff. Um, we also here at Pierce Williams, we, we do staff devotions every Thursday night um, to, to really make sure the staff get uh, some message of betterment into their lives. So it's specific and it's a staff devotion where leadership team members cover off the cabins um, and and they get to do staff devotion. And then they have a staff snack, and that staff snack is is uh, a special thing too. But uh, for staff training, we also do something called um, think together groups, which is an idea that we brought back from the Buckeye Leadership Workshop years ago. So at Buckeye, which um, is coming up in April, everybody. So if you want to attend, feel free to register. BuckeyeLeadership.com. Um, at Buckeye, we do a think together group. Uh, so I'll be a as part of the committee for Buckeye. I'll have a group of ten to twelve people who are in my Think Together group, and every morning, you'll get together with those people to sort of start the day. And we have themes for our Think Together group. So um, you know, activities we we can choose to lead, and and we can also just touch base with people. And Think Together groups are such a powerful thing because you have such a wide range of people um, in that Think Together group. So. At camp, you can have leadership team members and you can have CITs, um, and you might have a group of 10 people that wouldn't normally talk to each other, but in the Think Together group, what, what happens there stays there, and it's this powerful bonding that they have as a group, um, as long as you have some uh, a, a competent facilitator to, to facilitate that. So we brought back Think Together groups, and, and we, do it, um, we do it during... Uh, during our, our staff training and then during the week we because our staff come and go it's a, a bit different setup that way but during the week we try to to keep those groups together and, and at least that then they're more comfortable talking to someone as well so it's just giving them the value of, of knowing other staff and, and having a leadership team member that they can talk to and, and know that, that no questions are go unanswered or are silly questions that's brilliant there's lots of good check-in systems. I know that on um, on our leadership training podcast featuring Gab and Bethan Ruby, who's also been on the big show before, um, they talked about wellness partners, which was a check-in system. I love the word companion, though. That's smart, Joel. <laughs> really smart. Yeah. You can have that one, Travis. <laughs> uh, um, uh, for, at our old camp, wellness partners it, has... <laughs> wellness partners have become known as wellies and um so i know that there are people that still in in contact with their their check-in partner their their wellie years afterwards and still you see things on facebook that they're giving them special something or recognition just to check in and i think that that's been really powerful um in the same way that your campaign system has um i was thinking about 
things that we leave staff with that are not, here's how you do your job better and how important that is, um, certainly was to me as a director. And um, we did a number of things that we would call life skills. So at staff training as a break from here's, um, you know, age group characteristics, we would throw in some life skills things that would be really unrelated, but would help them be better people overall. So it's funny for me to hear now, and, and we just did a big alumni event on the weekend, so I heard this a few times. Um, the things that people remember me for are, um, for for my staff alumni, I'm known as the guy that taught them how to do a good handshake and also <laughs> taught them how to waltz. And um, those are two life skills that I think are essential. And um, handshakes are, are a thing that we all have in common as alumni of our campus. It's just a, a, a big thing that, that brought us together because people when they go get new jobs, still email me to this day and said, I gave my Zoic handshake and it helped me get a job. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's the, one of those things that I, I wanted to make sure they got, but also learning how to waltz is just a great life skill too. And fun. Um, and Beth and I teach them how to waltz all the time. And, uh, I know that she's done it with staff since when she's been at other camps doing training and it's, uh, it's something that they take with them. Um, that I think that, makes them feel special because I've given them a skill outside of, Hey, do your job better. That's great. Yeah. Does anybody else have any things like that, that they, that they think it's essential to teach their counselors that are not related to just specific to their job? Well, I, we do. We How do to life- plunge a toilet. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just going to say, well, um, celebrate those, yeah, that's those good. small successes that, that happen at camp. Exactly, like plunging a toilet and doing all of these weird and random things, and sort of celebrate them and highlight them. Because uh, a lot of the time, staff don't know don't know the skills that they're learning, and it's it's a mini advertisement of their successes. And if you if you acknowledge them and and in the fun camp way that we all all can do in many different creative ways, but it's really about finding what those. Uh, weird things are and celebrating them and and I think some of the best people to help you pinpoint what those are are new staff members um, ask them what they they appreciate learning ask them and and that will help you to to learn how to to recognize those things and and celebrate them but we have a person that's sensational at giving a plunging skit and <laughs> it's it's renowned and it's turned something that you know that we do daily into something hilarious and yeah. a matter of pride but um, of course, it links to to a whole bunch of other things that they've learned too. Absolutely, we've got a, a gentleman on our staff. He's been on our staff for twelve or thirteen summers, um, and he takes a lot of pride in exactly that same thing. He says he's never been beat by a, a clogged toilet, and so when there's a clogged toilet, you find Pat, and he is so excited. And it's cool, though. I, I think it's a neat way to to show excitement for doing the little things, for doing those behind the scenes things. But yeah. Um, yeah, for 12 or 13 years now, he's never been beat. So uh, <laughs> got to be proud of him for that, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I think another thing for staff members, if we're, if we're trying to treat them right and we're, we're trying to help them learn and grow, making those connections with alumni. I know that Travis has mentioned this quite a few times, but alumni have, you know, the, the doorway into other opportunities and just even creating a, a a simple layout for staff members to use as resume, to write resumes. All of our CITs learn how to write write a resume. Um, But provide that for your staff as well. Give them templates. Give them words. You know, create a Google Doc for them so that they can 
they can get out there and, and find out what your staff are interested in and try to match them up with alumni in those fields, I think is just going above and beyond, but it's, it's really creating that, continuing that camp connection. Um, you know, help, help them express what they've learned at camp. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. I know that um, Jen Selke, uh, she um, talks about, like, here's how a layout for a resume, but also here is how, um, here's how you talk about your camp experience in a way that other people will understand on your resume and be able to get, get what you've got out of summer camp. Just good at that. Any other things that people are teaching their staff that, that give them stuff to take home? Well, I'll give you another chance to jump in when if you have a thought. I'm really pleased that um, the treating counselors right has been about development, maybe because I'm facilitating the conversation, but I'm glad it's not just have a have a Sunday night, which is also great. And giving food to camp staff, special food to camp staff is a, is a good technique, but I'm, I'm glad we're beyond just bring them into the dining hall and give them Sundays. Um, so I'm going to start to wrap us up, but I'm going to give each of you a chance. Gab, is there anything else you, you wanted to say that you didn't um, about cool things to treat your staff right? Um, you know, I, I think you're right, Travis. I think it's, it's beyond, uh, you know, writing notes are really important. And yes, having special staff programs are really important. Um, I think camp directors are starting to really see the value of individual um, tailored goal setting and then follow ups and I think that there's simple and easy ways to do that but um, I think what I just want to say is I'm really really grateful to be speaking with uh, Joel and Topher and meeting them today it's nice to <laughs> to hear what they're up to and it's nice to hear what p other people are you know they're doing the good work you know everywhere so it's, yes. it's, it's great I'm really I feel honored so nice, <laughs> nice. thank, thank you, you. <laughs> Joel, are there any other things that you folks do that you wanted to make sure we talked about today? Well, I think Gab touched on it, but <clears throat> I think, um, again, going into the idea of the staff experience, and really the staff experience being a camp director, program director, assistant director, vision, um, what are the staff traditions? You know, what are the, uh, what are the things that every staff gets every summer experientially that a camper doesn't get? And I think those things are important because that's part of the excitement that adds to a camper wanting to become a CIT, wanting to become a counselor, that mythology of becoming a camp counselor, you know, and the mythology and the fantasy of being a camp counselor, you know. Um, and if you don't create or set up, again, the, the perfect Petri dish for staff tradition, they're going to create their own and they, you may not always agree with them. So yeah. I would be proactive and start doing things. Not Staff tradition usually happens during staff training and then it's... It's gone, gone, gone for another 12 months of the year, you know. Yep. But do staff stuff throughout the entire summer. And I try to reward them experientially the same way we do with our kids, you know. The rafting company gives us a free raft trip because we send so many kids on the programmatic side. We take the staff on a staff rafting trip in the middle of the summer when they need a nice cold river and a day without kids, you know. So... Think of things like that that uh, let your staff not only be grateful and more willing to hear the development side of things, but excited to come back. Um, and then finally, think about what is that magic number of the right amount of returning staff versus new staff. Um, yeah. Some people like 50-50. Some people like as many as possible. 
I've landed on the number of 65% for whatever reason. If, I've, if there's more than 65% returning staff, then um, I don't know. It strips some of that new staff magic away, you know. So pick your ideal number based on the amount of staff you have and um, be strict on it because it makes the folks that are part of your experience feel that much more important and special. Yeah, that's a great idea. Really great. How about you, Joe? Is there something at Pierce Williams that, uh, that we didn't talk about yet? I'm not sure. It's always hard to say what is the, you know, what you do. It, it's it's it, it's great to do these podcasts and look back and, and see what we do and, and talk about it. I think here we we really strive to, to grow staff from within. We have a much higher return rate since I arrived. Um, and part of that is making sure staff understand the importance of what they do, because if they can if they can commit, right? Some parents will think that summer camp's not a real job. In reality, this is the best place to prepare you for life. And and if we can convince parents and staff of that and understand that you make those hard choices, um, and essentially that it's their choice. And to, to make staff better, we, we put the onus on them to say it's it's your choice. Every choice you make every day at camp leads you to where you're going to be. So by the time you sit across the desk from me and and we're going to let you go you've made the choice to be let go right so it's not me having a personality conflict with you it's it's you making those personal choices and and what we've really found is the staff when the staff understand that they're less likely to try and pull the poison pill well if you let them go i'm going to leave too that's not the case at all what happens is they're like well why did you make those choices in the first place and and it's skills like those that are hard to teach because they're not a specific thing we do. They're just permeated culture. And, and the, the idea of staff culture is um, is the most important component of, of summer camp. Because if your staff culture isn't grounded in your values and, and what you want, then you're going to have problems. Yeah. Right on. Thanks, Joe. Tofar, are there more, anything from Camp Gray that you thought would be great to add into the conversation we haven't added in yet? Uh, I guess just a couple things. Um, just a fun thing. This is one of those selfish things that I thought would be fun for our staff a couple years ago and really bring us together. Um, I've played soccer all growing up, and there's um, a nearby Jewish camp. Uh, we're near the Wisconsin Dells. They're right on the other side of the Dells. And so we challenged our their staff uh, to a soccer game versus our staff that's and that's we great. put it kind of <laughs> three quarters of the way through the summer so it's during that kind of lull the staff is getting tired and it's long and um, it's amazing though when we make up Camp Gray soccer t-shirts and we bust <laughs> those out that Friday night before the game and um, it's it's really goofy but it's super fun uh, so anything like that that it's just fun for the staff to get everybody together and then I guess the other thing I would say is that I mentioned earlier that I like to you know, every day put out fresh stuff to keep campers excited about camp. A lot of that, too, is to keep staff excited. They love reading our blogs, seeing the new videos, seeing the pictures on Instagram. So, um, so yeah, I just all those ways that I can keep really everybody, um, but staffers uh, especially as well. So um, I guess those would be my two main points. Those are awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a good idea. And I know in Ontario there are um, – before camp and I'm going to blank on the name and I'm sorry guys about that, but there is a, a staff, 
um, multi-camp staff day where there are different sports, goofy games, etc. They're all as part of a fundraiser to send kids to go to camp. And it happens here in Ontario in the spring. And it's just a, a good way to get everybody together. Um, and, you know, some of it's serious, like pretty serious softball. And some of it's just goofy games. Um, and you could put in teams in all the different sections. And it seems like an, an awesome idea to keep staff connected um, and help them have fun as as they um, you know build the team before they get back to camp in the summer. Yeah, fundraiser that, that we just go to their camp and they've got a nice field and we get we get a few people to come and watch. But that's not a bad idea. Open it up to a fundraiser for camper scholarships. That'd yeah, be, be pretty awesome. That would be. Yeah, uh, and it's I think it's working really well here in Ontario, so it's kind of cool. Very cool. Right on. Well, I have a couple of last things um, that I had just scribbled down ahead of time. This, the life skills thing that we talked about here, some of the other ones, that, not that, that I've taught, but that others have taught. So Beth um, used to teach people how to drive stick when she had a Jeep. And <laughs> it was a clutch and she taught people how to drive stick. Um, we taught people how to change the tires, how to do baking. I wish Dan was here for him to say hear me say that we taught people how to knit. Um, those are all just sort of life skills that people would build their repertoire. Teaching guitar and music was a huge part of our camp culture. And so it was sort of a moral responsibility to sit down and teach somebody how to finger pick or, um, you know, just simple chord rundowns or how to, how to figure out the guitar chords to any song. Um, those are skills that we passed on to others. Another thing that happened during the summer that I that I love that I've never heard of, I've only heard of one other camp doing it, um, where we got the idea from, is we used to hire people to do dish for the whole camp in the summer. So there'd be people that would be just, just people who clean dishes. And we decided one summer that, um, that we would have the staff do it. And we scheduled everybody a dish team and you would do dish two or three times a week and depending on the week, but you'd always sort of know when they are, but you're always with the same group of people and dish turns into a great staff social time. You have a task to do. It's finite. You have a set amount of time. You turn on the music, you devise, you create your own system and it just teaches them, I think a way to take on a, a bad task, often super hot and sweaty in there and just have fun doing it. And I think that that's been a, a cool part of, giving them some space away from kids where they can relax and um, you're, you're doing a task, but you're, you have, you can have adult conversations and things and that, that I think has been a big part of, of what works really well at Karen with the staff and did with us at Glenmore. Fantastic. Well, listen guys, I thank you so much for a great topic and uh, some really good discussion. Um, I know Gab's been doing this and I've been doing the same thing, writing down lots of ideas to pass on. So I, I'm so grateful for you being so open to sharing those. And uh, what we'll do now is we'll move on to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. So we're pleased that each one of our co-hosts has brought a new tool to share with you. Uh, if you're interested in past tools, you can go to camphacker.tv slash podcast and look up or search for TOW, and that's Tool of the Week, and you'll see all of the tools. There's been hundreds over the years, and um, it's uh, been some really cool ideas. Um, I'm going to start with Joe, because Joe has one that I am particularly enamored of right now. <laughs> 
Joe? Thanks, Travis. One of the one of the things that uh, I put on my Christmas list for this year and didn't get for Christmas was the Cool Tools book, um, a catalog of possibility. And it is put out by Kevin Kelly. And the, the Cool Tools website is totally worth going to and visiting. But there's something about having a physical book. It is a huge book. The Cool Tools book is is probably... 14 inches tall by you know nine inches wide and i'm showing it right now joe 400 pages it's it's massive that's awesome i can't see you but that's great to know and it is it is so uh, valuable i'm working my way through like at at uh, when i'm eating by myself at lunch or whatnot when no one else is home i'll just flip through pages and read things take notes because i'm like hey if i invest in that for camp um, that'll be awesome. And so I hit the gardening section yesterday when I was, and we have a farm camp program that we're we're pretty far into here, and and it's really cool to see everything and be like, hey, we could use that, we could do this, and we could do that, and and it's it's an amazing book. The Cool Tools website, if you don't follow it, you you should. But the Cool Tools book is is a book that will sit around for years, if not decades. Um, Travis years ago let me borrow his cool tools. Do you have the original one there, Travis? The it was like a photocopied cool tools. Yeah, self-made. Book. Once again, put out by Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Um, but the new book is it's just top-notch, color pictures, great reviews, and and worth every penny. It's an expensive book. I think it's somewhere in the sixty, forty to forty to sixty dollar range. Totally worth the investment for your camp. And it's an expensive book because you go through it and with a pen, or in my case, I went through with a Sharpie and I checked off either things I'd bought because of Cool Tools, the website, or I starred things that I wanted to buy because of Cool Cool Tools, the book. And that makes it more expensive. But Joe's right. There's so many great ideas for camp in there, um, economical ways of – you wouldn't believe the things that they cover have covered in the book. So it's awesome. (laughs) Fantastic. Looks like it's on sale for twenty eight bucks on Amazon right now. So. Good eye. Yeah. That's the way. <laughs> Perfect. Right on. Thanks, Joe. That's a good one. And Topher, yours is um not a thing necessarily, but more of an idea. Yeah, I I just think um in marketing a camp, um our our families, our customers, they're used to the high quality stuff that you can find on on uh the internet and um being a sports fan, I, I like ESPN.com, Grantland.com. It's these two big sports sites. And I get inspiration from how much they do. They're always putting out videos, podcasts, articles. Of course, it's sports stuff. But uh, if, if you were a follower of Grantland and then you looked at the Camp Gray stuff, you'd, you'd think, wow, it looks like he stole a lot of stuff from Grantland, <laughs> which I do. Um, but just to have that, those ideas of how can we really meet these people where they're at, where, what they're used to seeing. Yeah, and Camp Gray does some awesome stuff with video. It's really I love seeing when you guys put out new music stuff and and uh, some of the, the going back in the history of of your YouTube channel is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's really great. Right on. So Joel, what's your tool for today? Um, some people know about it, and if they do, they probably use it. If they don't, then it definitely changed my world and made it simpler. And that is um, Animoto.com, which is A N I. M O T O dot com. And that is a way very quickly, easily, and I think it's a lot of fun too, to create custom slideshows, uh, whether it's for a marketing effort or I just made one for Valentine's Day for our campers, you know, and it took me, you know, it took me about an hour, but it was fun, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, the other nice thing, and I know there's a lot of discussion about this, is um, a lot of people are nervous now because of YouTube and things like that about music. 
what can I use? What can I use? Why are my videos being removed? Why is Sony wanting to charge me money? Yada, yada, yada. Well, Animoto has a catalog of thousands of popular songs that are all um, included. Um, so you don't have to worry about the licensing or things along those lines. So, um, and I think right now they have a 40% off deal if you want to try it out. But for free, you can make a quick little video of your weekend or whatever you want to do. But it's very high quality, very high polish, um, and kids and parents love it. It shows up on their iPhone, iPad, all that stuff. So that's my tool. That is a perfect one. It's a great one. Thank you, Joel. Uh, Gab, what's your tool today? Uh, my tool is a book called uh, Theories of Small Group Development by Dr. Ray Cass. And just based on the conversation that we're having today, um, it goes a little bit beyond Tuckman's theory of, you know, like, norming, storming, performing, and, you know, yeah. uh, it goes along with how people build trust, um, you know, expectations versus reality, all of these different theories. So if you're somebody that, that wants to have a little bit more of a knowledge of why groups do what they do and how you can prepare them um, and also how you can observe them. So looking for a particular staff behaviors, uh, is it something that arises often or, or is this occasional? And what to do about them. So it's it's a fairly simple book, but has really really great information, um, and it's a little bit more on the academic side in the sense of of giving a little bit of uh, behind the scenes of why we do what we do. Right on. Yeah. Thank you very much, Gab. No problem. Uh, so everybody's picks, including mine, will be available as a tool of the week in the show notes again at campacker.tv slash podcast. So you can see the links to all those different things. Um, my pick is uh, a podcast I listened to where, in fact, I got the idea of doing a tool of the week um, called Mac Break Weekly. They have a unit, a, a unit called an Alex, and a unit um, for them is about nine hundred dollars. Every time Alex picks a, a, his pick of the week, is always about nine hundred dollars. So it's a measurement of is this a certain percentage of Alex's or a multiplication of Alex's? Um, and so this would be about not quite two Alex's. Uh, I have a new camera, and every time I get a new camera, it becomes my pick of the week. Gab and I share that trait. Um, but I have a new camera that I picked specifically um, because of the image quality. As many of you know, I also work as a professional photographer, and I was looking for a second... Well, I'll tell you, I was looking to replace a wide-angle lens for my good kit, um, and it would have cost me between $1,400 and $2,200 for a lens. And I thought... For that kind of money, I wonder if I could get into one of these new cameras called a Micro Four Thirds that is so close to the same image quality, just a tiny, tiny little bit less, um, and is instead in a package this small. So it's not a pocket camera, um, but it is a camera that I can change the lenses and put my number of different lenses on it. Um, and it's amazing in low light. It'd be such a great camp camera, but I would caution you that it, it's a, a great camp director camera or a camp pro you know your photography is your whole job kind of camera this is not one that i would just hand out the office and say hey there's something fun going on take this camera um <laughs> i don't think it's all that it's not quite bulletproof enough for me to recommend that um there are lots of situations where i would now hand staff i would say here if you press this red button this gopro will take good cameras good pictures um and i would be not afraid to send that into anything but this camera is a little bit nicer than that um 
with two lenses, it cost me fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars, and um, had such amazing pictures that come out of it. And I have, because I, as many of you know, I spend a lot of my time looking at camp websites and evaluating their online marketing. And so when I see a camp who has great photography, it always sticks out to me. And it's such an important part of telling your story. And um, good equipment is part of it. Doesn't have to be something this expensive necessarily. Um, but if this is your budget and you want something that's going to be stellar, I highly recommend this camera. It's called the Panasonic GX7. And um, it's a great pick. What it has on it right now for you photography nerds, um, I have a 20 millimeter, so it doesn't zoom. I have to move, walk with my feet to get zoomed. 1.7, which means it has a great big aperture, which lets in lots of light for low light stuff like campfires That's and things. Nice. Um, I keep the flash turned off and take lots of great photos with it just like that. So Panasonic GX7 is my tool. And for, for those of you that can't see um, Travis holding it up, it's really sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> Gab and I were comparing our new cameras when we were in uh, Florida together. Fun. Yeah. I, listen, it's time for us to wrap this up. I thank you all for a great conversation about treating your counselors right. Um, Gabrielle, where can people follow you on the internet or reach out to you if they have any questions? Yeah, well, uh, you can check out where I work at Waro, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. I'm also on the Twitter bird at Gabrielle Rail, and Rail has two L's. Um, and Gab's at Waro.com if you'd like to, like to chat. Or I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Message me. Thanks so much, Gab. It was awesome. Yeah. Good times. Good conversation. And Joe Richards. You can find me at, uh, you can follow what we do here at Pierce William Camp is um, I'm impressed that Gab finally spelt out Waro. It's only taken three years. Um, <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Yo Yo Joe R. Or you can find all of my social stuff uh, is also on uh, yoyojo.com, which is where I occasionally do some small blog posts. And you've been blogging quite a bit about camp. You're thinking about camp these days. Yeah, I uh, I have this idea that uh, if I can get a thought down to 100 words or, or thereabouts, it's much easier for you to read as a reader. And yes. it's, uh, But it's a lot harder to write 100 words than something much longer. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Thanks for good stuff today, Joe. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Topher, how, if people want to reach out to you, follow up on any of the stuff you said about camp, et cetera, where can they follow you? Uh, if you just go to campgray.com, that's G-R-A-Y, which sounds maybe melancholy. I like to, to let people know it's named after somebody. It's not the <laughs> color. Uh, so G-R-A-Y, there's links to everything we do there, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, as well as email. You can find me. Find me there. Perfect. That's great. Thanks for being on the show, Topher. It was awesome. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Right on. And Joel, where can people follow you or catch up with you? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and then to see the, the camp that I'm at right now and uh, Animoto videos, things like that, you can go to golfcamp.com. It's pretty easy to remember. And then I'm on Twitter at Supershark, all one word. And it's usually mostly camp stuff, but every once in a while you'll get a random Bigfoot or zombie post so nice. it's kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> those are the pleasant surprises that's right yeah i can't help it <laughs> that's great thank you so much for being on and for suggesting this topic 
Yeah, my pleasure. It's a, a, a huge fan of the show. I love what you guys do. Right on. Incredible. You're the tool of the year, tool of the decade. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I, uh, I will do what I can to have you both back on. It's been really great. Okay. Thanks. I love that. Sounds good. Okay. So thank you very much, everybody. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you would share the love. If you could let people know about this show, we're going to get better at letting other camp pros know about all the resources that are available here because we have years of blog posts and tools of the week, etc. Uh, and the easiest way for you to do that is to go to camphacker.tv slash love, L-O-V-E, and uh, it'll pop up a tweet that you can send out that sends them a link to the show. And uh, so grateful if you could do that. And the iTunes thing, camphacker.tv slash iTunes. Um, it's such a, it'd be such a huge help to us, and I don't think it would take very long. So thank you very much to our guests for being on today. You can find all of our show notes, again, at camphacker.tv slash podcast. And thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.